Oh, are you a yoyetz to your child? Or are you a shoifet to your child? If you're a shoifet to your child, then you're not going to have a very difficult time finding his or her panemius because you're only wrapped up in your own. And they don't, ah, and you're not the same. And that's a good mentor and a good teacher and a good parent is being mislavish in who your child is and not having the agenda who you want them to be. You're listening to Street for Brengen. We left off last time with a very interesting, uh, or at least it was interesting to me, <laughs> that uh, a, a very interesting idea about uh, pictorial imagination forming a picture. And uh, you you were vulnerable enough, Ruvain, to express the fact that uh, you had a struggle with Chitas Rambam. And that you were going to use this method of Avodah Hashem to strengthen yourself. Um, let's recap and see, or uh, you know, get an update on how that's been going, Ruben. Well, you know what, Zachariah, it's interesting because it's going to dovetail to today's topic at hand. We're standing by Kabbalah Zatera and the traditional bracha or request, Friedrich Rebbe would say we should be makabal the Torah be simcho joy and it should be I think think people like to say meaningfulness, but uh, we'll we'll talk about that. So, just to check in, I'm not quite sure why it was that I was able to do chitas and rambam every day. If it was more the shame that I would experience by telling the public that I didn't do it, or the, as you as I call it, the pictorial the picture, forming the picture. Forming the picture. And you want to know who my mentor was? Right? We had to, you said, I, should, I didn't go to Baruch in, in, uh, in uh, Zichreinus from the Frida Kareva like you go to. First, I started off with you. And then, I started, I went to me. I pictured myself doing Chitas and Rambam every day. And that seemed to work. So why I say this segues into Kabbalah uh, Zotereh because I can do Chitas and Rambam with and despite all the things that it says about Kabbalah Zotereh and Chassidus, if we take it simply from my point of view as a human person, Kabbalah Zotereh is not Simcha Bepanimius. <laughs> it's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta just do it, you know? Um, and that's why I found it interesting when I was trying to visualize myself, enjoying it, and so forth. Um, but one of the comments that we've been centered on, the two of us, for the last couple of weeks is this comment we received from one of the previous episodes of Street for Brangen that we said the idea and and floated the idea that you should choose to be from every day. And one of the 
Nashim Tzidkaniyas of the community was upset that we were Pasach Tzina, we were opening up the gates for a teenager who may be listening to decide to drop Torah and Mitzvahs because Zachariah and Ruvain decided and said that you should choose and they have free choice. And how did we take the Achrayas for that? So here we are on the cusp of Kabbal Zotera, Shvuas, Besimchu B'Pnimias. So I was thinking, of all the things that I have to say about that comment that this very righteous woman uh, gave us, is, as a parent, can you convey and give over to a child, let's say a teenager, Torah in a way that you're giving them the Torah b'simcha u'bepanemias? Well, I sure hope so. <laughs> I mean, not really. It, it's... Wait, wait, wait. I'm getting a picture of like angels throwing pixie dust on you and saying, please, I hope that it's b'simcha panemias. What do you mean you sure hope so? I mean, we're talking about you. Your kids aren't teenagers yet, but they're going to be soon, let me tell you. I mean, Ruben, you and I have, have actually forbranged and taught a lot of teenagers over the years. I mean, obviously, you've uh, you've had many in your own home and, you know, have grown up. And the, the, the entire question of wh- what we talk about a lot here is expectations. Do the expectations change because they're a teenager versus when they're going to be full-fledged adults? And and I think that's an interesting question because I think a lot of people think of teenagers as immature, as um, not emotionally um, complex enough to be able to hold ideas. And so therefore, you still need to treat them like a child in a lot of respects, meaning that the expectation that they should actually have any kind of panemius <laughs> is already far-fetched, I think, for a lot of people. And what I find is that when I sit down with a lot of teenagers, and obviously we need to categorize this because there's teenagers of the 14, 15 realm, and then obviously 16, 17, 18 is a whole different ballpark, and then 19 is is its own category. So we gotta we got to really be clear who we're referring to right here. But let's just talk about the the younger ones. Let's talk about the bar mitzvah age, Bacharim. Are they able to hold um, space internally that anything is internalized? Or is it still not uh, something that they have the ability to hold cup with? And so therefore, it's not an expectation you should have for them. I just got a flash from the five towns in Long Island where you grew up. Then when a bacher hits his bar mitzvah, we say, thank God, today I'm a fountain pen. Remember, do you know that? that you know that expression? In the old days, in the 60s and the 50s, when you became a bar mitzvah, they would buy you fountain pens. So they said, today I became a fountain pen. But according to the Torah, you're called an ish. Though you're not responsible for your own behavior in the sense of punishment till you're 20. So there's a little space there for some fluidity. But you're called an ish, you're called a man. And the ish, we learn it from Yaakov 
and his sons, right? And they went to kill a whole town of people. And we learned the idea. So, so the idea of ish is power, is force. Obviously, their choosing tools are a little immature. So you got to put in front of them things that they could possibly choose rather than things that are impossible to choose. You know, even when I was growing up and we went from high school to college, you would ask the average college person uh, in the beginning, what do you want to do when you go to college? What, what do you want to graduate in? Like 80% of the kids would say, I don't know. So they're 20 years old already and they're paying or whatever, and they're already paying thousands of dollars for college and nobody knows what they want to become. So, you know, this idea of panemius is a very interesting thing. I have a friend, you know who he is, that, that runs a, the Pioneer Camp, which is a great camp, by the way. Um, and they learn um, skills in the forest and what they call survival skills, and they live out in tents for the whole camp period in Vermont. And these kids thrive on giving them responsibility, tasks, challenges. So I think the answer in general is on the level of the child's age, that yes, they can do something but panemius. The question is, is their panemius your panemius? And that's really the challenge. In other words, you know, we said the Rebbe says in Tavshin Nunalev on the essentially on, on, on a piece from Yeshaya that comes, that we say in davening every day, that the difference between shoiftim and yoitzayich, uh, yoitzim, um, judges and mentors. It's very interesting, by the way, the Rebbe spoke about mentors, and then the whole industry of, of, of coaching like blew up. So are you a yoitz to your child? Or are you a shoifet to your child? If you're a shoifet to your child, then you're going to have a very difficult time finding his or her panemius because you're only wrapped up in your own. And they don't, and you're not the same. And that's a good mentor and a good teacher and a good parent is being mislavish in who your child is and not having the agenda who you want them to be. Which uh, goes to the idea of, are you trying to create an outcome? Are you trying to have your kids perform? Uh, or this is, this is modern parlance of how it's described in psychology. That, uh, you know, if you're, if you're looking to just try to create an outcome, you're going to have to do, th- do so in some form of manipulation. Versus when you create a healthy sense of self within the child... Then they're going to, they're going to be able to develop that individuality that's going to bring out their their true self in some form or fashion. Right, right. But going back to what you said before, most people think that their teenager's true self is a wild animal. Yeah, and 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 that's why. Do you disagree with that? Well, I mean, what I was just going to say that we started talking about, you mentioned or I mentioned before, which is the fact that you and I have forbrained for a lot of teenagers over the years. And the reality is, is that even when I'm for bringing for 13, 14 year olds, I find that they actually have a lot of, uh, they have a lot of questions and they have a lot of like depth that 
plays that plays uh, i guess contrary to their expression meaning that they may not look <laughs> like they're so deep and that they you know are looking for panemius in some form or fashion but when you dig a little deeper you realize that they actually have had those questions and they've been bothered by them you know some more than others obviously and there's always going to be differences of course within you know the 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 whole spectrum of of the teenage world but they're looking for someone to not only answer the questions but actually live the life that you're you know talking about in in a in a way that's actually going to make it so that they could feel comfortable asking the questions and going down hopefully the the correct path well that kind of brings up the stereotype of the rabbi who's asked a whole bunch of questions and he says when you get older you'll understand and he doesn't want to answer them um yeah the fear there's a huge fear factor that if we grapple with the issues we'll lose and I, and it's a very fascinating fear um it just goes to show us that the, the we meaning the people who are older than the teenagers um are not so clear on where we stand because then we wouldn't be afraid um you know and that's i like to think what a street for bringing really is is that you tackle the issues that people don't want to talk about because they're afraid that if you talk about them you'll jump off the wagon so to speak um so i think that the first step and the Friedrich Rebbe says in Sefer Chinuch in a certain way that the that that the first step is to get clear of your own strength before you talk to that teenager um that you don't need them to validate where you're holding, right? Um, That's usually why you're looking for performance, by the way, yeah. is usually for a selfish reason. Well, it's, it's self, selfish is a big term, but a loaded term, but for it's, it's the wrong focus. The focus is if I'm, in other words, if I'm doubtful about my own epidemias, my own relationship with Turin mitzvahs, then yes, then you'll say you'll 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 probably pound on your kid over and over again. Hey, make sure you do Torah mitzvahs, and then it's kind of in a subtle way, even though the parent may not be realizing this, that it's validating them. Their behavior is validating them. Um, that's number one. Number two is validating them as a parent. You know, I've seen parents who have children, Chabad parents who have children who marry goyim. But they're still in a relationship with their parents. And I marvel at that. I don't know if I could do that, but um, there's still love and affection between them because it's, it's their child. You know, don't we say that about God and Jews that He loves you no matter what you've done? With some caveats, obviously, I would say you have to have. Meaning, if they love you regardless, then why would you want to do anything for them? Meaning, you just have to explain what that means, because people usually take that to mean, okay, well, if he loves me no matter what, then I could do whatever I want, and then therefore, he's still going to love me at the end. Well, one of the things about love is that the person you love, sometimes you have to do tough love, and you give them a, a potch, you know. Uh, most people don't know what love means when it comes to this concept. So, what does it mean? God loves you. What we really mean is you remain in your in who you are at your core, one with God. 
That's really what it means, at least in Chabad Chassidus. We don't say God loves you. We say you're one with God. Obviously, God loves you, but um, whatever that, I don't even know what the word means. He loves you. But you're one with God, no matter what. How, now, we apply that easily to the people who saunter into Chabad houses or who go hitchhiking across the country, from, across the world from Israel and so on and so on and forth, all the, so forth, all the stories we hear about, all the great shlicha stories. Could we apply that to ourselves? Can we apply that to our teenagers? That's what I meant by ourselves. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, there, but there are two different angles of this. You, were, you just said before, the step one of making sure that it's clear for yourself means that you're acknowledging your own journey within this structure of, I still have a human that is I'm responsible for and is looking at me uh, to be an example for them. I hear. Um, one of the things that this brings into the picture is, could you, um, um, let's say yourself, could you, I know you don't have teenagers, but could you relate to the struggle of that teenager that you're talking to in yourself? In other words, I think there's a stereotype where we say, there's a song I grew up with. I, I used to be in, in Broadway shows with, uh, when I was a kid and uh, at the local synagogue. That was my, <laughs> only, my only relationship to the synagogue was the Broadway show. And there was, this, there was a, um, a very famous play, probably written by Jews, but I don't remember who it was, The Music Man. And I used to grow up with the song, Why Can't They Be Like We Are? We Were Perfect in Every Way. What's the Matter with Kids Today? So a lot of people forget, forget about, what they used to be like. But let's forget that. They forget how they, what they are like because, you know, whatever the kid is experiencing, there's nothing new. You know what happened to me? I couldn't believe this. A friend of mine from Montreal who I hadn't spoken to in 30 years, we became contacted again. And he sent me 40 letters that I wrote to him after I hitchhiked across country to Vancouver and he remained in Montreal and I was writing him letters about my experience as I was in, in Vancouver, which was straddled before I met Chabad, during when I met Chabad and afterwards. So I'm sensing a book. I'm <laughs> sensing a memoir coming. No memoirs. And I'm reading these letters. I was 17, 18 years old. And I, I'm, I'm afraid to say this. The same junk that I was struggling with then, I'm still struggling with it, but it's just a little more sophisticated and the language is a little different and the players on the stage are different, but it's like the same garbage, the same baggage, the same issues, the same struggles. And I started reading that a few weeks ago and I'm going, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> 40 years, 50 years later, I'm still the same idiot. What's going on over here? So first of all, if you weren't the same person, if you weren't struggling with the same things, what would you say to yourself right now? Would you be like, oh, I accomplished, I did a Vita, I'm a new man, or what, what, what was your expectation? Because again, by the way, this is something that Tanya talks about very clearly, that uh, 
that a person who has the same struggle but overcomes it over and over again could eventually feel despondent on the fact that he keeps on struggling with the same challenge even though he overcomes it. And the Alter Rebbe says, well, that's because you're expecting to be a tzaddik when really that's not your avoida. So it's just an interesting question just to put, this is an aside from what we were saying, but it's just something to think about. Well, thank you for that, because you know what? I get that. I didn't think of it that way. I wasn't, because when I was 18 years old in Vancouver, I wasn't thinking about <laughs> Torah mitzvahs and struggling with my Yetzirah. I was just struggling with whatever, whatever, I don't want to go into it. Um, <laughs> I could, but I don't know if it's appropriate because then we'll have even more teenagers frying out. Uh, <laughs> um, and I don't want to take the responsibility for that. But you want to know something, that a lot of the letters, I don't know if this is this is interest to anyone but, and to you, but um, when, I, when I hitchhiked across country, that's when I started to find my roots. But the way I found my roots was because I was hanging out in the most non-Jewish places. I ran away from the Jewish community. I was a big Kanaker in the in B'nai B'rith and so forth. And I hitchhiked across the country. I couldn't get, I couldn't wait to get out of the Jewish, you know, culture. And I hitchhiked across the country, and I met a lot of other cultures I'd never seen before, and um, had a lot of different kinds of experiences. And I ended up in Vancouver, and ended up meeting a really close friend of mine now uh, who teaches in Mayanot, Rabbi Kaplan. And I think I always mentioned it once before. And I ended up, because of him, driving taxi in Vancouver. So while I was becoming from, I was getting up at four o'clock in the morning in my first, and then going to shul at seven. So for three hours, I dealt with the seedy underbelly of Vancouver, which is pretty seedy and pretty, it's pretty bad news over there. Like I was picking up all the drug addicts and street walkers, and I was this guy turning from and experiencing for my first time in my life that kind of a culture and society, and it was a very interesting experience for me, and I learned a lot from it actually. Um, and I write about it in these letters. I, that's why I'm thinking about it now. And I'm telling my friend about it. And then I go to Chabad House where it was pretty, I don't know, middle class and boring. <laughs> it's like at 7 o'clock. In any case, so it, we, we circle back to what does it mean to be Makabal Terba Sinkovapanemias? So when you unpack this statement from the Pidika Rebbe, the simple of Panemius, you would think, Mechabal of and then Simcha. Right? You, you relate to it, and the things that you relate to make you happy. Here we're saying Mechabal of Simcha, and then you'll be Mechabal of So A, what does that mean? And B, how do we change the way we relate to others, particularly we're talking about teenagers and our kids, but even to ourselves and to other people. What does that sequence tell us? Without getting into the scholarly answers, the Rebbe has a sikha on it. What do you think it means to be makabu b'simcha and then b'panimias? Enlighten me, Ruben. I don't think I've uh, heard of that before. 
So I was thinking about it before we before, and I'm going to float an idea with you. Going back to teenagers, if I asked you what is the main issue that almost every teenager, male or female, go through in their teenage years, what would you what would you, would you have an answer for me? What they struggle with? Hmm. Um. What they struggle with is, I, I would say, um, really, really actually enjoy, uh, enjoying, really enjoying Yiddishkeit to the point where they want to do it on their own. I'm not talking about Yiddishkeit. I'm talking about what do they struggle with? Oh, self-identity. Right. Identity. And the classic hallmark of a teenager and some of us who never graduate from that stage of life, is how dare you tell me what to do? Right? The idea of a mentor today, and I'll share this with, is, is the idea of a mentor today is a difficult, difficult find. As a matter of fact, when the Rebbe spoke about in Memches and Memtes, about Asil Harav, it was a very difficult thing for me. And I know it was difficult for other people, and the Rebbe addressed it, that you don't think there are people to go to that you trust. And I did speak to a person in Chinuch uh, this past week in anticipation of our Fabrengen. And I said, what are the three things that face your teenagers that you teach over and over again now in this generation? And the first thing he said, to, one of the things he said to me was authority, trust in authority, which is another way of saying, how dare you tell me anything? So the parent, by definition today, is faced with a teenager who says, crosses their arms, and I'm thinking about a whole audience of Lubavitchers, 25 to 45 would do the same thing, and they say, I, why do I have to listen to what you have to say? So maybe... I, my thought, my notion is, Mekabal the Torah Simcha. Why does it say Mekabal? Are you willing to, just without getting into details, what does it feel like? Uh, I was going to say Johnny. What do you feel like, <laughs> Chaim? What does it feel like, Sarah, that we're telling you, teenager, that you're a Mekabal? When they're Struggle with identity is the opposite. They don't want to be a macabre. They want to be a, they want to be their own person. They want to they want to break out. So what do we do now? Well, the first thing that you said, and and I guess we'll we'll try to lead to your question though, is when they're looking for a mashpia or when they're looking for somebody that they respect enough to ask their questions to to connect to they're really looking for sincerity what they're looking for sincerity they're looking for somebody who they see on the other side of the table and again not always could come from a parent who had to also be their you know disciplinarian when they were younger but you know there has to come a certain point where they actually see that the other person is sincere enough where they will feel comfortable not being judged and being able to ask their question. But going back to what you talked about originally... Wait, with wait, 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 wait. Don't go back. That's like a really important 
part of the puzzle here. Yeah, that, that goes on what you said before. Are you getting validity through your uh, uh, validity and also through your child's behavior? But also, is your objective when you talk with your child, your teenager, or when you just think about them and they're not, I don't know, they don't want to wear a black hat and they don't want to put on a white shirt and whatever the thing is that's going on in your house. Do you think about them or are you there to save the, so to speak, the institution of Judaism? Or your reputation within that institution, just to be more clear. I know that's what you meant, but I'm, I'd like to be more clear. The the second step, though, after the sincerity, which obviously is, is a huge and key step, is, I mean, I guess the second step is being able to know that the other side is going to actually have an answer for the questions, making sure they actually are knowledgeable enough and comfortable enough with their own answers to be able to, to kind of engage that or at least direct you to places where you can have it. But let's just leave that step aside. But the, the next big step, I think, is what you mentioned before of the sicha that the uh, that the Rebbe says in Shoftim about the difference between a yaitz and a shayfet, which is that the yaitz, the the mentor, cannot be sitting as a judge, disconnected from the the student. The yaitz has to be essentially on the same level, looking at the person eye to eye and bringing that person to the understanding that they have. Of what the shofet says. Now that may be too philosophical. But, what, but 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 practically speaking, is that the role of a parent to a child? When you get to the place of a teenager, I feel that you have already gotten past a certain level of authority. of authority because you do not have the ability to control like you did previously. And if your expectation is that you should be able to control them like you did previously when they were young. You're not developing now the relationship with a teenager as the ish that you were describing before. Again, there has to still be a level of, you know, they, they respect you and they respect your rules and, the, and they're still in your home, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the relationship needs to develop and there needs to come a, a time and a place where you respect the person as an individual and, and therefore are able to then influence them as a individual, not as your child that you're hoping to have, you know, certain expectations from. So let's put a freeze on this child for a second. So what does it mean to you, Zachariah? We're doing this on Rosh Chodesh Sivan. What does it mean to you to be Makabal the Torah B'Simcha? If we're going to touch it out as every year you're going to be Makabal the Torah B'Simcha, and it means, are you happy to be a Makabal? So what does that mean for you? I'm going to, just what's coming to my mind. <laughs> this well, might be embarrassing. What's coming not to your mind? No, I'm saying I didn't pre-plan this answer. I, I, didn't, I don't even I, know I if I thought of this. I didn't pre-plan the question. <laughs> <laughs> what comes to mind... This is for bringing. I know, I get it, I get it. What comes to mind is... <laughs> Your specialty, Ruben. Mm-hmm. Um, but really what comes to mind is the uh, colloquial uh, story of a guy who sits in yeshiva for 19, 20 years and finds, and by the way, this has happened to people, and I finds out he's that <laughs> that he's a guy, that there was some fluke or whatever happened generations back and the guy finds out that he's a guy. 
What's his reaction? Yippity doo die, yippity day. <laughs> I don't know. What's his reaction? Depends so there, it depends on who he is. Okay. And there's the reaction of, okay, let me just drop everything because now I get to live the life that I always saw, you know, everybody else leading. You, you get to live the life literally of Riley. <laughs> <laughs> From Boston. <laughs> the, sec- <laughs> the second response, which is also kind of a joke response, but whatever. But the second response is, you know, all right, let me take a week off and then I'll come back because I know Torah is Emmis and Torah is true. But let me go have my fun. I'm a goy, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. It's a joke. But then the last response, obviously, is, you know, he wants to correct it as quick as humanly possible because he understands that. He understands the uniqueness of Torah and mitzvahs and being a Jew and that potential concept of disconnection that he would have as as a result of not actually being a Jew. He can't stand to be that way from for a moment. And that's what I think of when I think of Simcha is do I do I go to the table saying, like, I really want to be here. I really believe I really believe all of this. And I'm excited to be here because I know that this is really my life force and this is really who I am and this is expressing who I am. That's what I, that's how I define Simcha. Uh, that's very interesting. What, tell me what you think about this. What I hear from that is Rosh Hashanah is Kabbalah's of the Melech. And in an odd way, you're telling me Shvuas is Kabbalah of you. I definitely think that's a beautiful way of putting it. And it goes against everyone's, not everyone's, but it goes against, I hate when I say that, everyone's. (laughs) It's like, who the hell am I to know that it's everyone's? Anyways, it goes against the assumption that to be Makabal, the term is simple to Peninius, is that you're Makabal, the authority of mitzvahs, basically. And now you're, and now it's really interesting because the niggin that the Rebbe is associated with of the seven Rebbeim is is choice of the yid. So it is about you. So now let's apply that. And I thank you for telling me that. It's really interesting. So now let's apply it to the teenager. So that teenager is either verbally having that question of, is this who I really am? Or not so verbally, meaning like a lot of parents, when they see their kids, like we were saying before, perform, they don't really dig deep if the kid has questions. They don't, they just make the assumption, okay, he's, he's again, colloquially wearing the black hat and white shirt, so I'm not going to push him on the issues. But, but the fact is, is that again, their DOS is now kicked online. They're now getting to a place of Seiko where they're going to be questioning things. And that question is going to come up. So to be proactive about, are you, first of all, like we were saying before, the sincerity on your point, are you excited? To go into Shavuos, are you excited to, sh- to reveal that true self within you? But then to ask them, do you feel that connection? And if you don't feel that connection, let's explore that. Let's actually see if it could be uh, something that comes out of choice and not come, at, come out of habit or being forced. 
Or let's put it in the way contextualized, the way we had it before, that a teenager's main struggle is their identity. Isn't that beautiful? That's what Shavuos is, you're telling me? Exactly, exactly. And and the Simcha part is, is again, it's now that I think about it, <laughs> and I don't know why I didn't think about it before, the fact that that's the bracha you give a person means that it's not a pushit thing that a person is going to have it, that you need to literally give somebody the bracha that they should have it because it's difficult. And and again, I think there are plenty of adults who struggle with this concept of identity. But I think this is the hallmark of a teenager is that he's going to struggle with this. So let's go back to, again, I like to circle back to us, to me. So you're saying to me, like everybody else, I did. I just did that again. Everybody else, dang. Okay. <laughs> Whenever I, I'm faced with a challenge from the Torah itself, in other words, something that challenges me, then I'm having an identity question. Do I identify with doing what it says or not doing what it says not to do? Or am I going to flex my own muscles and be who I want to be, so to speak? That's a teenager struggle. And all of us go through that all the time. And at every given moment, we think in sweeping arcs, I'm from. So we don't think that we're having an identity crisis. But the reality is every moment that you have a choice and you make the wrong choice, which we do, that's why there's Yom Kippur and so forth, we struggle with identity. Shavuos takes on a whole new meaning now when it comes to the Kabbalah Simcha, be a makabal basimcha, that your identity is being formed and guided and poked by, by Hashem, by the Torah. I want to add to that is that when you also look at it, and I think you actually mentioned this before, but when you look at it also as Hashem not only being a separate entity or whatever you want to call it that you're trying to have a relationship with versus that you're having a relationship just with yourself and that your relationship with yourself is the relationship with Hashem, it will then even more so reemphasize kind of the change in perspective when you're talking about Simcha and Panemius because you're revealing that connection you have with yourself, which is that you should be happy, that you should have simcha, that you should feel Torah mitzvahs as being panemius, because you're not just expressing what Hashem made you into and, you know, now you have, but literally that you're able to express Hashem in this world because the piece of Hashem that is in you is actually what the what the true tachlis of the entire world actually is. And this is something that the Rebbe talks about in many sikhas to to, re, to redefine the fact that dir betach is not something that you're trying to create outside of yourself, but is actually happening through you, that you are actually the expression of dir betach in this world. 
Well, you mentioned an interesting word there, should. So let's go back to the teenager. He's struggling with his identity. So we're saying, Makabal the Torah Basimcha. Are you willing to be a Makabal? Okay, fine. But if you add the word should, then you're not talking to them. Mitzidam. So is should the right word? Should implies that I actually believe in them. Should means that... <laughs> I, I know I know you're... <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if mommy and daddy are thinking that when they speak to their kid. No, I understand. And that's why I'm saying you have to look at your child and a, che- a teenager needs to know that it's not just words that they're an ish. It's not just words that they're a halak alikami mal mamish. These are real things that actually give them the ability to have a should, or in other terms, an expectation that this could really be their reality. Well, you're saying that it's not an expectation. You're saying it is a reality. You just got to untap it. Expectation that they can tap into it, but yes. Well, I guess that's our tafkid, our mission for ourselves to be makabal terba simcha. What's the panemius part? I knew you were going to ask that, Ruben. <laughs> I just didn't prepare an answer. <laughs> um, oh, wait a second, wait a second. You're a balavoida. You're a balavoida. The balavoida is coming up five, six days before Shavuos. And what do you mean you don't know what it means, panemius? Simcha upe panemius. What you're really saying is be willing to be a makabal of what your panemius really is. And and also that the simcha should lead to an expression not only in, you know, a, a general way, but it should actually infuse your life in things that you're doing outside of Shavuos, meaning it shouldn't just be a general excitement and feeling of simcha about Torah and Hashem and, you know, your relationship and who you are, et cetera, et cetera, but that that should actually enter into you. And you should actually see the effect of that simcha and that experience of, of connection or revealing who you are in many aspects of your life. And you could even maybe think of one aspect in your life that you want to feel that simcha and that connection of who you are being expressed. Well, Zachariah, I wish you and I wish me and I wish everyone listening... You've been listening to A Street for Brangham, a production of Chabadlife.tv and Studio 262.